Ryan Joyce is a phony. He's a fake and a phony and a liar. And he has a show in Chattanooga for two hours before he does a show by phone here from Chattanooga. I don't even know what he's pretending. That, that's what kills me about his show. I don't care about him. I don't even know him. I've only met him once in my life. I don't know the guy. I have no idea what he's like. But he's a terrible radio broadcaster because he's a phony. But the biggest thing is he's such a phony and a fake and a coward that he won't be honest. If he was funny, that's one thing. But he's not funny. I mean, you, anybody ever tune in and say, boy, I can't wait to see what Brian Joyce is going to say today. <laughs> but no one's ever said, gee, I can't wait to hear what Brian Joyce is going to make us laugh about today or really entertain us. And I resent the hell out of it. You can call me all the names you want, twit boy. Former stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Welcome in, everybody, to the Stone on Air podcast. My name is Brian. That was the Kimmer, they call him, in Atlanta. I think he's still on the air somewhere down there. And that was damn near six years ago when the Brian Joyce was on in Atlanta on the radio and here in Chattanooga as well. Yes, an in-memoriam for the blue light and plenty on that asshole Brian Joyce coming up. And just bear with me a little bit here, if you don't mind, please. I am um, I'm going through a transitional phase in life, okay? I, uh, I, I the high, if you will, the the uh, euphoria, if that's the way you want to put it, of sobriety and somewhat of a new lease on life. Well, that's kind of worn off. All right, now I'm just kind of back into regular old crappy life, and and uh, I I look up and I am in a transitional period of where. Virtually everything I own, everything about me, everything in my of my existence is old and worn out. From my equipment to my computers to my musical gear, more on that later, to my podcasting stuff, to my automobile to the home I live in, and to the bag of bones in which consists of my body. Everything still works, sort of. Sometimes works better than other times, and more times than not, works like shit. (laughs) And that's where I am at. It's an everything is old and broken crisis. I have an AC and heating unit at the house that is 27 years old. Um, I'm 43. The house is 67. Uh, well, you know, the, the washing machine where I clean my goddamn clothes. That's a 25-year-old machine. And um, my, my computer here at the house is just taken a you know what it's gone um i mean it works as a computer just online and to use it for things but the 
the the software for recording has completely just stopped working. So uh, luckily, I do have a backup plan, and I'm using it today. I'm going to get uh, some repairs done on this computer this weekend, hopefully, and get back to a more uh, workable situation. But so right now, I'm working with um, where I can't tell the levels hardly. I, I can't hear anything, really. It's quite annoying, and it's very distracting on a day when I really don't want to be distracted because I have what I believe is going to be a pretty fun show, especially if you hate, like most all of us do, Brian Joyce. The blue light is gone. I will spend the second segment on that. In the third and final segment of the show, um, also more talk on that a little bit. And uh, local media, traditional media here in town. And I am officially retiring. And what am I retiring from? I'll uh, I'll explain, and then this new uh, project, which is not all that new anymore, that I'll tell you about. Uh, all that coming up in the third and final segment of the show. So some people are is gonna are gonna think that this is great and fun and can't wait, and some who don't know who I'm talking about is gonna think, "What the hell is this, dude?" So I guess it's not much different from any other show. So we'll start with the list here. I've got three pieces of audio coming for you here at about 10 minutes from right now. It's a pretty typical layout today. The realest thing, the worst idea, and the coolest thing, but it's not really cool at all. And I had to kind of flop, throw those together on the fly last night as I was working on, on this stuff late because of all this malfunctioning um, equipment on my end here. But I did get the in memoriam, the tribute to Brian Joyce and the closing of The Blue Light. It is about three and a half minutes long, and I will play it in the second half, or excuse me, in the second segment of the show. So coming up this weekend, as the summer slowly winds down or rapidly time warp blasts right on by us, it's going to be a fun Saturday. Rail and Hops is at the First Tennessee Pavilion. It is a Brewers Festival tasting event for the most part. Um, luckily, I don't have to purchase tickets for that, and I don't drink, so why would you go, Brian? Well, the answer is Tennessee's Dead is playing, and I think I talked about this on the show in the last couple of weeks. I thought it was a different Dead cover band, not the one from here in town that is so popular and full of friends of mine and very well-known musicians in the city. I was wrong about that. It is the Tennessee's Dead that I am expecting, so I am going to be there. That should be fun. And uh, maybe we'll see you there. After that, the final Riverfront Nights of the year is uh, that night. I have not made it to one of those this year. Now, I try not to go unless there's a really good reason or absolutely nothing else to do because it is sponsored by my nemesis, the other beer companies, and the radio station and the cluster of stations that I hate their guts still to this day. But Southern Culture on the Skids are the headliners, and that's a really good get. I've seen Southern Culture on the Skids. It was probably 25 years ago, and I'll play a couple of their cuts coming back from breaks here later on. They were one of those bands that were about to kind of make it for a minute in the mid to late 90s, and it never happened. And um, I've, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. If nothing else, it's about the coolest band name ever, Southern Culture on the skid. So that's a long day of music and uh, drinking for most, not for me. Um, Nick Lutzko is going to be at the Signal on the 27th of October, and I'm hoping that this will be one of his shows 
that is more the comedic variety with all the silly nonsense he does rather than just a regular rock show like he did last time is a a wildly popular act that he takes around the country and sells out three, four, five hundred seat rooms regularly, but has never done it here in town. And he is in support of this show is Puddles Pity Party, I think is what it's called. And this is a dude like literally seven foot tall who dresses like a clown and does nonsense. It is also wild, wildly popular. So I'm hoping this means this is going to be a silly night. And uh, I'll look more into that and maybe even talk to Nick before that show gets here, as he is always gracious with his time as a friend of the Stone On Air podcast. Uh, Wayne White, a reminder, will be at the library tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day that it's released, like you always do, on the Thursday the 24th. He will be at the library the 25th. That is Friday evening from 6 until 8. He is um, going to be, I, I don't know if he's going to be speaking. I don't know what the presentation is like or if there is one even at all. But he is a, uh, a, a really interesting, fun guy. And it's free. And you can check out the exhibit. And I think you can even get a free drink out of the deal, too. So if that's your thing, Wayne White at the downtown library Friday from 6 until 8. So as I mentioned, I'll always talk lookouts here. The latest story was ballpark construction to start in January. This was, I wasn't able to print it, um, so I just jotted down with a you know pen to paper, August 19th. So on Saturday, it's, it says, the headline is, ballpark construction to start in January, newest timeline still sets completion by April of 25. That sounds like a very optimistic goal. I don't see how, first of all, everything else has been late on this story and this uh, on this development. We're now a year in since the announcement, and we're I'm supposed to believe that it's going to start in January, and then I'm also supposed to believe that it'll be done and ready for the for play for opening day in April of 25. That would be what? 12, 13, 14, 15 months later. I that's impossible to believe, but that's what they're saying. A couple of things I wrote down here. It looks like the final cost is being estimated at 114 million up from the original 65. And officials say they have no plans or at least initially no plans to issue bonds for more than 80. And of course, they use that terminology value engineering might have to come into play here to get this thing down to to numbers that will actually work, which means the stadium isn't going to be nearly as cool as we thought. Uh, inflation is destroying uh, people's lives on every level, and in this case, it's it's destroying the uh, the, the cost of, of this um, development. So more on that as it continues to unfold. Let's see what else is next. Okay, I mentioned that the Pride was going to be at the Chattanooga Convention Center and not like it normally is on the Sunday after the Bluegrass Festival, the Three Sisters Bluegrass Festival, which is uh, October 6th and 7th, I believe, or 5th and 6th. And then almost always then on that Sunday, that would be Pride using the same infrastructure as the Bluegrass Festival, which Chattanooga presents as the uh, concession 
and uh, you know the the middleman for all of that with the city and permits and and everything that goes along with putting on and closing down streets and that sort of thing. Well, when I saw it was at the Chattanooga Convention Center, I just wondered why. That's it. I just wanted to know, so I posted on their to their page. Sorry if this question has already been posed and answered. Is there a reason this is not the same location as Three Sisters Festival and in coordination with Chattanooga Presents? Took a couple of days. They finally responded back. Brian, there is not a reason. We simply just decided to move it indoors for added security. Previously, we were paying Chattanooga Presents essentially a consulting fee to aid with coordinating the event with the city. The convention center has its own team with aid and everything that goes into planning an event, so we did not have to so we do not have to utilize Chattanooga Presents services this year. So it wasn't a political thing. It wasn't a uh, pushed out by anybody from, you know, organizers of the of the bluegrass or anything else in the city. So I guess that means good. I, I was just just curious. Um, from the Times Free Press, also in the last few days, nutritionist turned entrepreneur pitches cannabis infused lemonade. I have got to uh, try some of these and get in on this trend. Edibles, I don't do. I don't eat marijuana, Delta 8 or Delta 9 or anything otherwise. Uh, marijuana ingestibles that you that you consume, that you eat. I don't do that. I'm done. If you know the story from September of 22, then you know. If you know, you know. If you don't, I don't have time to go back and reset it now, but it was a, it was a nightmare. And I'm not doing that anymore. But drinking your weed, I think I could be a fan of this. Uh, this was uh, introduced at Riverbend this year. I did not see that. I wish I did. I would have tried one. And it contains Delta 9. It's called Lolo Lemonade. Now, it's not like it's the first one. There's plenty of them around here. I have one in the fridge right now, actually, that I bought at the Dead uh, show in Atlanta in the lot. It's, uh, I don't know where it comes from. It's Pineapple Express, it's called. But I've, I have not wanted to blindly try it in public because I don't want to have the same type of nightmarish experience that I had in Nashville for Pearl Jam to a year and, well, when was that? Yeah, about a year ago. And I don't really just want to sit around and get blasted high at the house um, necessarily. So I, I haven't had a time to try it out yet. But um, this is uh, from a local uh, lady. What is her name? Lauren Minderman. Is that what I'm saying that right? Minderman. Minderman. Whatever. So Lolo Lemonade is here if uh, if you care. And so the shooting of this um, of this black man at uh, where it was at East Third Street, the Speedway gas station, what it would be now almost two weeks ago. Um, these womps, man, the, the 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 dad, the sister, the brother, they all kind of they all got the same kind of tone. Uh, the guy who was killed by police officers, his last name is Hurd. Hurd's criminal history was released by DA Cody Womp, who also released security footage of the shooting, showing apparent shots uh, as he fell to the ground at the speedway. And dude was 34 years old, and an officer was injured as well. Here's her quote. I, I haven't seen the video, so I don't really have any commentary on it. I'm just This is what I just pulled from the TFP. Um, quote, they're shooting. Heard makes it to the ground, Cody Womp said. 
Whether there's a shot after or five shots after or nine shots after, I don't know. And quite frankly, it's because I really don't care. Deadly force is allowable from police officers when they're faced with a deadly threat, which obviously they were here. I think when you're shot by a dangerous felon, I think you make sure you shoot him until it seems like he's not a threat anymore. On my end, all of this is legally justified, and none of those officers committed any type of criminal offense. This is a three-page article. I've kept it to just that. Um, it's just, again, womps and the way they talk. It's just annoying. It's just annoying. And uh, two or three other things here that were more just national stuff. California is getting that uh, tropical storm. And I, I was thinking, like, wait a second. why Does this ever happen? Does California... Or the West Coast ever get hurricanes or tropical storms? And the answer is, well, no, they don't. And it's basically because I guess they don't have hot and cold that swirls around like it does in the Gulf of Mexico and over, you know, on the East Coast. It would be, uh, this storm is the first such to hit since 1939. As a storm moves through over the coming days, more than a year's worth of rain is predicted in uh, California, Arizona, and Nevada. So, um... Yeah, they're kind of like us, the southeast with snow and ice, kind of lose our, you know what? Well, if it just rains, California like has a bad week or month. I remember I went out there in 06 uh, in San Diego, and my aunt uh, was, was uh, apologizing profusely for how hot it was because it was, for them, unseasonably hot. It was July of 2006. It was like 83. <laughs> it was, it's fabulous. And it was like, okay, you know, hey, whatever. I get it. You're used to what you're used to. All right, let's uh, transition here to what? This is the uh, the realest thing. This is John Stewart interviewing a uh, state senator from Oklahoma, Republican named Nathan Dom, uh, with John Stewart's new show. I can't remember what it's called, but it's really good, just like everything John Stewart does is, when it's not him trying to be super silly. Like, the guy's so smart and does such a great job with interviews, and really, he's a gotcha guy, and he, but he does it better than virtually anybody. Why any politician would ever sit down with John Stewart is, um, is something I'll never understand. So we'll call this today's realist Thing, if I can find it on this absolute mess of a situation I have here. There it is. We want to ban drag show readings to children. To my house, yes. Why? 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 What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Is, is that free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility uh -huh. in certain instances to What's protect children. What's the leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm going to give you a hint. It's not drag show readings to children. Correct, yes. So what is it? I'm presuming you're gonna say it's firearms. No, I'm not gonna say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is, you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying fuck to stop that because that shall not be infringed. That is hypocrisy at its highest order. Don't really have anything else to add to that. This is today's worst idea. Just somebody uh, screwing around on TikTok in response to that dumb Oliver Anthony song. You know, the 
uh, Richmond, north of Richmond, and uh, the fudge rounds nonsense and the punching down stuff. Um, this is today's, what am I calling it? Uh, oh, this is today's worst idea. Rich men have everything and they don't pay us enough. Yep, definitely. All right, keep going. They rob us of our time for their bottom line and everything's expensive and they just keep getting richer off our labor. Okay, this is great. This is the country song we need. What else you got to say? They should care about working people and not about millionaires who go to islands to drink children's blood. Okay, that's a little QAnon-y, but I'll take it. What else you got to say? And fat people are to blame. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just still so stupid, and people are still championing this guy. And I'm sure he's fine, you know, not fine enough, dude, uh, Oliver Anthony. But the song's stupid, the fudge rounds thing, uh, 300 pounds. The, and I, I don't think I really even got to this last week. The five foot three, since when does being short have anything to do with anything? And 300 pounds. And first of all, wh- wh- I thought that was Trump stuff. I thought that was Maggotville. Uh, making fun of what people look like and how and what and and what people weigh and how tall they are or short they are. I understand what the point was. It was just a stupid, stupid point. Making fun of someone's appearance is not something grown ass, respectable adults do. And I'll just leave that right there. And this is today's coolest thing, but it's not really cool at all. Uh, it's this uh, lady. She's putting on makeup and singing this margarita song which I had never heard before uh, just a few hours ago, and it's not cool at all. I'll play it too, but here's today's coolest but really not cool thing at all. Give me one margarita, I'm going to overshare a little. Give me two margarita, I'm going to tell you how no politicians can possibly be morally upped in the current state of the United States of America because they're all being paid off and don't really support the lower class. And if they did, the minimum wage would have been raised as inflation increased, but it hasn't. And it's still 725 is the national minimum wage, which is literally not enough to afford rent anywhere in the United States, even the cheapest places. Give me three margarita. I'm gonna tell you some disturbing memories that's gonna make you think about me later and go, I wonder how that random girl's doing. I hope, I hope she's okay. <laughs> I thought that was just overall pretty good uh, TikTok post. But it's certainly not very cool, just like this isn't. This margarita song, I mean, it it reads, it sounds, it sings like uh, a Cardi B song. I don't think that's who it is. It's just another wannabe and a clone and regurgitation of someone else's idea. But I guess now I understand when I see all the, oh, one margarita, two margarita. Now I guess I somewhat understand what the hell it is they're talking about. All right, let's have fun. An in memoriam, a montage of the closing, the death of the blue light, and um, just clowning on that asshole. Brian Joyce coming up next. Give me one margarita, I'm going to open my leg. Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. I want the area to remain safe. B, I want my customers and other customers there to have a good time and enjoy Station Street and continue to come there. And C, yes, I want my business to thrive. Mm-hmm. I haven't put 35 years in to say, well, he's moved in, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm out of here. Right. So I've got to stand up 
And I guess D is I just want coherence. Mm-hmm. Coherence to the rules, coherence to the law, and coherence to some code of ethics, if you will. Yo, ye that was Mike Alfano, owner of the Comedy Cat. Friend of mine. Overall good dude. This is Southern Culture on the Skids. This is their most popular song, and it's really stupid. I mean, it's okay, but it's silly. And um, so this is kind of what they sound like. And um, I've listened to some more of it, though. I like I like it enough. I'm looking forward to it on Saturday night. So, so far, so good. One segment down in the can and saved properly and, and successfully without any crashes or any kind of um, audio explosions or anything. I'm still here kind of flying a little blind with the way all this is uh, lay- layering out, but I think it's going to be uh, okay in the end. So, let's have a little bit of fun, shall we? The blue light. Bar and Grill shuts down after owner didn't renew state liquor license. That is the headline from the TFP. Dave Flesner and David Floyd had the story. Joyce did not respond to repeated phone calls Monday about the future of the blue light. But the blue light was shut down this weekend. The sign that has been on the door of the tavern, I wouldn't call it a tavern, but that's what they say, uh, the sign on the uh, the door of the tavern has been taken down, and the door for the business is padlocked. And um, I went by, I guess it was Monday, earlier this week anyway, I went by, I wanted to see it with my own eyes. I mean, I am so untrustworthy these days. If I see something on social or someone sends me a screenshot, which in this case, that's how I got the information first, was somebody sent me a screenshot. Thank you very much, by the way, to anybody who... Um, who gives me information uh, early, I uh, very, very, very much appreciate that. But I still never take uh, anything and, and assume that it's true. It's just, you know, the world we live in. So I wanted to see with my own eyes, and, and I saw it. The signs are all down. The breezeway, if you're familiar with the area, to go left upstairs to Songbirds or go straight and then to your left into Comedy Catch, or to your right to get into the blue light, or to continue straight through to take you to the uh, the gardens, which are completely being um, refurbished and and completely under con- in con- under construction right now. That breezeway area was locked on both sides. I went and checked on the other side as well, and so I couldn't see what I guess would be considered the main main entrance very well, but the outside main entrance was. Um, it wasn't padlocked the way I would expect, but all the, the the windows are all papered over with like black, you know, construction looking paper and no signage. So they're done. They're gone. And with the, the liquor license not being renewed, uh, then you know for sure that this is a done deal, at least, you know, for now. Uh, this place specialized in cocktails. Um, they did not receive very many beer deliveries from us, the Miller, Coors, Heineken, Corona, amongst many, many other of some of the Modellos and, and all the seltzers and the most popular brands in the industry. They got, I mean, the smallest amount of product from us. So they weren't selling a lot of beer. 
it was mainly liquor. So if they got rid of if the liquor license is gone, then then they're done. Um, I don't really know what the final like domino was. It, the the uh, citations have just been building over the last two years, a little over two years now. But it's done, and Brian Joyce is a real, real piece of work. Nobody likes him. I have never met anybody who likes a guy. And, I mean, that is actually a really, really rare thing when you find somebody that nobody likes. I mean, you never find anybody that everybody likes, and that's a little less rare. But you almost never find a situation where there's a single person that everybody who's ever met despises. And that is the truth with this guy. And before I go any further, I'm going to read some Reddit uh, posts just for the fun of it. And then I'm going to read some of the Google reviews just for the fun of it. But first, in memoriam to the blue light, a little over two years in business, causing all kinds of havoc, violence, countless times of criminal activity and really putting a stain on one of the finest institutions in the city of Chattanooga, the Chattanooga Choo Choo. It is gone. Good riddance. F you Joyce and F anybody involved with the blue light. We will remember you, but not fondly. Give me about three and a half minutes on this one. If you ask the folks who visit here on a regular basis, they will tell you the majority of the violence and trouble comes from one business. The beer board met today and there were multiple complaints against the blue light. Myself, the gentleman who owns Reagan's and Westbound, Stir, State of Confusion, Flying Score, we're all working to keep it safe. We just have one person who doesn't understand the laws, the rules, or what we have going here and doesn't care. How he handled it shows that I don't know if he truly understands the gravity of what is going on out there. I spoke to the nightclub's owner, Brian Joyce, who tells me the fight is not over and he plans on appealing both of the violations that have been put forth by the board. This past weekend, this is just the latest case of violence on Station Street. Many of the bar owners blame the blue light for the mayor's order. When, when you look up the word brash, obnoxious Yankee, the, his picture comes up, Brian Joyce. And it's unfair and inaccurate to label all businesses as a problem. Mr. Alfano continues to try to hold on to grudges when other neighbors on the street are just trying to come together and move forward with some positive solution. Brian Joyce is a phony. He's a fake and a phony and a liar. He quoted that he had slung drinks from every bar from L.A. to South America. Right. right. To Australia, to New Guinea, yes. to, to, to Antarctica. Yes. Yeah, that, Singapore. That, yeah. But yeah, Brian Joyce can go fuck himself. Uh, <laughs> and also, he's not funny. Like, Brian is not funny at all. Oh, like, that's good. If he was funny, that's one thing. But he's not funny. I mean, you got anybody ever tune in and say, boy, I can't wait to see what Brian Joyce is going to say today. <laughs> but no one's ever said, gee, I can't wait to hear what Brian Joyce is going to make us laugh about today or really entertain us. Former Steve. The toxic nature he is for this city. He is not good, Brian Joyce. He is not good for this community. He does not do well. He treats people badly. I will remember you. 
I want the area to remain safe. B, I want my customers and other customers there to have a good time and enjoy Station Street and continue to come there. And C, yes, I want my business to thrive. Mm-hmm. I haven't put 35 years in to say, well, he's moved in, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm out of here. Right. So I've got to stand up. And I guess D, it was, I just want coherence. Coherence to the rules, coherence to the law, and coherence to some code of ethics, if you will. The latest from Station Street says it'll be about five to $6,000 per week, and every business owner along Station Street said that they will help contribute, except for, surprise, surprise, asshole Brian Joyce of the Blue Light. They have not committed to helping pay for that. Shocking news there. Yeah, good riddance, Brian Joyce. Bow your head and say a prayer if that's the kind of thing you do. Thoughts and prayers, Joyce. Thoughts and prayers, bro. The guy's a complete buffoon. Uh, There was one video I wanted to play some audio from. It's a year and a half old or so where he's standing in front of the city hall. And, um, I mean, for a guy that hates Trump so much, and, you know, certainly I hate the guy too, but for a guy that spends every waking hour on on the air and on socials and how much he hates Trump, he is just like the numbnuts in this country that are emboldened by that kind of behavior. He even st- he talks like the Trump types talk. He he was, uh, oh, they're just after me because I have the most successful business on Station Street. They're just mad because nobody goes to their bars anymore, and they all come to my bar now. And uh, I have the best security, the the most uh, the, the most efficient security. No, nobody does security better than me. I mean, I'm I'm making I'm par- I'm not I'm not even really paraphrasing. I'm ma- I'm making that up, but it it was something like that. It is very much that kind of rhetoric. And it's it just shows how simple minded this dude is. And it's is such a waste because he is an intelligent guy. I know him. He won't speak to me anymore. I don't want to speak to him either. Um, I think if he were to hear this or were to hear, you know, or care enough about me, which he doesn't, he'd probably like to fight me. Um, that wouldn't happen. I'd like him to try to fight me so he can go to jail. And uh, I can laugh at him even more. I mean, I've been saying it for years. He is bad for the community. He's bad for the city. He doesn't treat people well. And he's uh, he's a narcissist to the level of nothing I have ever experienced. And I have experienced some doozies in my time. So uh, see you later, dude. Very, very happy about that. So let's go to um, Reddit here real quick, just for the fun of it, shall we? It is the Chattanooga subreddit. Blue Light Nightclub has been shut down for good. They failed to renew their license to serve alcohol and continue to serve people despite that fact. Good riddance. This is a win for the area. Uh, Station Street has 99 problems, but blue light closing solved about 95 of them. Hallelujah, simply put in one post. Thank Christ. Even listening to Brian Joyce talk about planning to open that place was kind of embarrassing. Don't even get me started on their Google review replies, which I will get to here in just a minute. Chattanooga deserves good clubs. I mean, I don't know if that's, I guess that's true. I don't know. I don't know what a good club means. Uh, Another one says, 
Those review replies are special, aren't they? It's like someone's dad trying really hard to be what they think is cool in between angry rants. And that is absolutely it. It is wild how big of a dork that this super cool guy, uh, Brian Joyce, thinks he is. Um, Big dad energy. Passive aggression veiled as professionalism, defensive and not interested in any constructive criticism. Again, referring to those Google replies, which I'll get to. Another establishment will pop up with the same issues. It seems like it's a required Chattanooga niche. That is true. Every time a troublesome bar or club closes, it seems like another one equally as bad and troublesome opens in that same spot. Let's hope that's not the case here. Uh, Another response. Lots of those places over the years. Governors, Flashbacks, Sky Zoo, Berlin's. I don't remember Berlin's. And the list goes on. Folks just seem to have a hard time behaving themselves when drugs and alcohol are fueling their evening out. He's not wrong. Uh, Let's see. Good. Now maybe we can get a music venue back in the location. I second that Absolutely, that was a fantastic spot for live music. The Revelry Room and then later Songbird South, that was a really nice room to go watch music in. That's what made that even more disgusting when he turned it into the trash that he did. And that's all I have from the uh, Chattanooga subreddit. So here's just a few of those Google reviews. And there was a lot of them, and I just didn't have enough energy or uh, patience to, to go through a whole lot of this. Let's see. Let's start. Where should we start? At the beginning. Oh, that's a good place. Um, let's see. Come for the drink. Stay because you got shot in the back of the head. Sketchy crowd. Definitely should be looked at by the beer board. Ignorant owner as well. The response from the owner, because the, the poster is named owner, You've never actually visited our bar, smiley face, but thanks for your fake review, LOL, winky face, ignorant owner of blue light, and then emoji after emoji. This guy, if you look at his his social media, his uh, Instagram, I, I'm blocked or I, I think on his Facebook, I, I don't know what he looks like there, but he is an emoji king. Yeah, real cool, Brian Joyce. Smiley face, LOL. Um, Never been there, but seems to be a place of violence and where the staff and owner are rude and unprofessional. Thanks to the reviews, I will stay away from this place. I've read reviews for 30 minutes. Response from the owner, if you've never been here, how would you know anything about our staff or owners, LOL? We've We've never been to the moon, but we've heard from other reviews that it's made of cheese. Three of five stars. Tongue sticking out, smiley, laughing, crying emoji. Oh, God, gag me. Um, Here's another one. There are much better places in Chattanooga for overly loud music and overpriced drinks that don't require immersion into a war zone or a VIP section that smells like a Marta urinal. Blue Light has endangered Station Street's freedom as one of the three open container streets in Tennessee. As a local native, I feel truly sorry for Station Street. It sucks that careless cokehead capitalism could ruin the coolest thing Chattanooga had to Bourbon Street. 
response from the owner highlighted. Thanks for stopping by, LOL. We'd respond to the rest of your garbage, but it's clear you have a political agenda against one of our owners, smiley face, tongue sticking out, and nothing to say about our actual establishment. Par for the course for our small town haters, smiley face winky. Ugh. Um, and what? not long ago, I told a story. I don't even remember what it was. I was some young lady behind a bar said something to me, and I didn't get the the uh the slang ratchet i don't even remember if you listen regularly you'll remember me talking about i said something and she said to me that's ratchet and i was like what the hell does that mean um (laughs) this is what it says good music but that place is ratchet well urban dictionary tells me that it basically means slang for it's trash it sucks so i don't remember what i said to make that young lady say I was ratchet, but uh, apparently she thought I was rubbish, trash, or whatever. The response from the owner, if if by ratchet you mean hundreds of cool kids having a good time, dancing their butts off to good music, and getting served scrumptious cocktails by the best bar staff in Chattanooga, smiley face, we agree. We're ratchet AF, and proud of it too. Winky face, laughing emoji with the Tears, grown-ass man, grown-ass man. And the final one here, please, of the many, please, City of Chattanooga, all caps, close this place down. Owner response is, why would the City of Chattanooga shut down one of its most popular late-night spots? Have you ever visited our bar? We don't recognize you at all. And then the emoji-filled tag. It is absolutely (laughs) just pathetic. So pathetic. And uh, we don't have to deal with that that nonsense anymore. And good. Because that was such a fun idea to build that street. Um, The terminal was the only thing there for years. And, of course, it's been run out of town now and replaced by that piece of crap tailgate brewery. But it's fine enough. That's okay. If if that's as bad as it gets as a replacement, then we're still doing pretty good. Stir's great. Frothy Monkey's great. Uh, The Comedy Catch is great. The Backstage Bar is great. Um, I know Regan's... Reagan's, whatever it's called, and Westbound have had their problems. They did just have an incident there the other day. Uh, a lot of middle-aged, uh, dumb white people get drunk and then start fights. That seems to be their issue over there. They're not uh, void of any blame for the problems going on, no doubt. And I completely recognize that. Um, I don't know anything about those bars other than they have also been a little bit of a problem. And I've never been to the Boneyard, but it seems to be uh, a very hot spot for the millennial crowd and the wannabe 40-something crowd. And um, and it seems to be a pretty decent overall place, I guess. I don't know. I haven't been. But overall, the concept, being able to have your drink on the street... Used to have live music out there all the time. Used to go all the time. Now I'm the one. I'm guilty of always bringing drinks my, uh, that I brought, you know, myself, which was against the law. But I mean, I drank, or at least I did when I used to drink. 
I open container law break everywhere I go all over the country, and I've never been arrested for it yet. But uh, that got way out of hand. Then idiot Joyce in the blue light was selling beer on the streets, which was completely against the law. That was never part of the agreement. And it was kind of like, this is why we can't have nice things, guys. You know, like, careful what you wish for. We, we let you have something that you've all been asking for. Something cool, a district, if you will, of sorts, and then leave it to this piece of shit to ruin it. And hopefully some clone doesn't come in from behind him and, and, and try to recreate this same kind of thing. I guess the chances of that, based on the history of this city, are quite quite possible, very, very maybe even probable. But yeah, like someone said from the whatever I was just reading, making a music venue again. I don't know if we can support two venues that size with now the Barrel House Ballroom doing things so well just a few blocks away. So I, I wouldn't look for it to be a music venue again, but I don't know. We'll see. Bye-bye, asshole Brian Joyce. Nice knowing you in the nightclub business. And by nice knowing you, I mean it wasn't nice at all. The problem is, though, he's still on the air here in town. And he's still gainfully employed by those scum-sucking, spineless cowards at Cumulus Radio Chattanooga, a place I worked at for nearly a decade and a half. And they have a new boss of the fraud monster, and um, I have officially retired. What the hell am I talking about? I'll get to all that and wrap up the show coming up next. On Thursday, the Chattanooga Beer Board voted to revoke the license of Blue Light, a nightclub on Station Street that's only been open for nearly six months. I spoke to the nightclub's owner, Brian Joyce, who tells me the fight is not over, and he plans on appealing both of the violations that have been put forth by the board. Last week, News 12 told you about a local bar that was coming under fire for multiple complaints to the Beer Board. Complaints of fights and selling beer in the street are a few of those. Today, the owner of that bar, the Blue Light, met before the Beer Board Alongside his lawyer, they faced off against some Chattanooga police officers and the property's manager to decide the fate of this club in Chattanooga Station Street area. Chattanooga's Beer Board rejected a proposed settlement with a Station Street bar. The blue light is in the middle of more than half a dozen violation hearings for several violent incidents. This is another one from Southern Culture on the Skids. It's called Voodoo Cadillac. I like this song much, much better. And just that rejoin because it was literally 3 o'clock in the morning last night when I was trying to put the wraps on all this production for the show, fighting through all this uh, mess of computer problems I was having. It took me three hours to make that three-and-a-half-minute in memoriam. And I would have, I would take it again. I would do it again. I didn't care how long it was going to take. I was going to make it happen. I love making stuff like that. I sure hope it gets a lot of play. I know a lot of people aren't going to listen to this show. Um, that's, that's just the reality of it. But I'll release that song itself uh, separately 
at the end of the week. I want to force people to download the show first. But uh, so yeah, Joy still works for this radio station. Uh, to, you know, I don't have time to reset all this. If you're new here, I'd, I'd like to think there might be a couple of you that are new here today. Uh, probably not that many. I worked in radio for forever. It uh, was my my love of my life for really all the way up until quite recently. Uh, my last regular gig was a little over three years ago. It was a COVID cut. It's the last time I had a, a, a full time, a part time, full time radio gig over at Alt ninety eight seven. I really enjoyed that, and um, you know, I I deep down miss it so much. But I have finally turned a corner. It has taken so long. I was fired from Talk Radio 102.3, the fraud monster, those absolute cowards, spineless, just assholes over there, um, in 2016. So that's a long time. Now, I've been over uh, like a lot of that emotionally for, for quite some time now. Uh, but I still do get very irritated when when people do very mediocre work when they have very powerful positions. And I, I think if you've got a radio signal and you're on it, you've got a more powerful p- position than most. Um, it might not be that relevant in most people's minds. And you can certainly merge traditional media with new digital media as well. Now, they don't do it very well at all. Um, they, they immediately went to starting to go digital, um, podcast style, um, uh, content right after I started doing it when they fired me. They had never done it once unless I had put it out there. And, um, I'm not trying to be overly, you know, bombastic here about myself, but I mean, I took a lot of pride and I did really good work there, man. I mean, I don't mind boasting about being good at that stuff because I'm not very good at anything. I can't do much of anything. Right. So the one thing I can do, I'm not shy about telling people about it. So uh, the fact that he still has a gig over there, it really speaks to a couple of different things. First of all, it speaks to the terrible management of talk radio uh, from Kevin West for all these years. And I know many people aren't going to agree with that and they are going to think that's just me being sour. And that's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm not going to spend any more time on it, but that's part of it. The other part is is Brian Joyce is a um, a trust fund kid. And he has been for it would seem like, I don't know, virtually his entire adult life. Nobody can live a life like he does without being uh, funded by some kind of trust. I don't know where it comes from, and I don't know how he got it. I just know f- that it is actually a thing. And I'm not mad about that. Holy Jesus, I'd love to have that. And I would do a lot of the same things that Brian has done. He's a globetrotter. He has experienced culture around the world that I will never experience. I will never be able to understand things that he can understand. And rather, and rather than take that and use that to enrich and be an interesting figure and to be somebody that is compelling and interesting and and revered he has taken it and exaggerated it and lied about it and boasted his what is a seemingly terribly tortured fragile soul and ego and uh and an emotional mental capacity i normally would not make fun of somebody who has a mental deficiency because it is it's it's a terrible thing to deal with. 
I learned that more as I get older. This guy has a very, very, very fragile, fragile emotional state. And I don't have time right now to get into why I know these things, but just take my word for it. I feel like there's a little bit of trust here I've built with you, the listener of this fine quality podcast. I don't make stuff up. <laughs> I'm pretty much open on, on everything. I might use hyperbole and exaggerate on occasion, but I know this guy. I've been around him many, on a daily basis for many, many years. And he is, um, he's a tortured soul and I, I would feel bad for him, but he's such a piece of, you know, you know what, that it's, it's impossible to, and instead of using all those things that could have made him to, to help with whatever emotional distress he has, he uses it to belittle others and to put himself up on a pedestal and look down on others and talk down to others and treat people poorly. It's just that simple. So anyway, uh, where was I? <laughs> I've gotten off track here a little bit. Uh, again, a little distracted here. So he's still employed by this company and they have now recently named a new program director the quote-unquote boss, he ain't the boss, Kevin West wasn't the boss, it was just on paper what your title was, and it is Jed Mescon. Jed Mescon has been in media off and on for my entire life and for uh, decades and decades, and he's a well-known name, and it's a perfect hire for a very bland and boring product that is that, uh, that radio station. And I don't want to say anything too negative about Jed because Jed was really good to me. When he was leaving the station, as he just all he did, just to really sum it up quickly, he's an infomercial guy. He is really good at selling. Really good at he's a he is a salesman. All right. And he would do all these shows that were all just like, you know, car doctor or, you know, real estate minute or, you know, whatever he could get that week. And it wasn't a real show. It wasn't actual content. It was just, um, it was just an infomercial, infotainment, they might call it. No, it was not entertaining at all. But he did very well with it. And I, as he was leaving to go, I think work for uh, the hospital when he went to take that gig, uh, I, he met with me, and I wanted to to pick his brain about, man, help me. I was trying to do the same thing. I was trying to sell some more and get more involved. And try to make more money um, around 2014, 2015, 2016, something like that. And um, he met me for coffee and we talked about it. And it was, you know, I really appreciated that. And then after I was fired from Scummy, excuse me, Cumulus Radio, I, uh, I met with him at the hospital. Um, after he had took, taken that gig, I hit him up uh, by text and said, hey, would you mind meeting me for coffee? I'm just... You know, I'm bummed out here. I don't know what to do with my life. I've just <laughs> feels like I just threw 20 years of my life away with this firing. And he met with me and we talked and he, you know, I it was cathartic. It was nice. So I like Jed, but he's not going to bring anything to that table, to that content uh, creation or the lack thereof. And this is the perfect example. So I I'm not going to talk spit about Jed, but I am going to say this. This was sent to me. I, I tried to go look at it to double check. I had to pull it out of my text message because I have been blocked from Talk Radio's uh, Facebook page. Because, yes, I was brutal for a while, for a long time, on social towards them. And I, and I still am. And I probably never will quit. 
Uh, they, it's one of those, I'll say it now, I'll say it till the day I die. It will, my mind will not change. They did not, or excuse me, I did not burn that bridge. They did. They dynamited that bridge. I would not go back to work there unless there was some major changes. And they wouldn't have me back anyway, so it doesn't matter. So this was the, the, the post on Jed's first day on the air on Monday. Have you heard the news? Jed Mescon is back. Join him with the morning press every weekday from 6 till 10. And don't miss a minute of today's conversation with David Carroll about his book, Chattanooga Radio, and so much more. I also won't sit on here and trash David Carroll because nobody wants to hear that either. But it's just like them, old men radio, to have David Carroll on to talk about a book, a vanity uh, two-thirds pictorial self-published book about Chattanooga radio and TV and media that is damn near 10 years old. On day one, they post and boast in the post that today's content is about a book that's eight years old that was self-published that is a vanity of themselves. Ugh. Of course, it was perfect. I trashed him on Twitter. I didn't even, met, you know, I'm not even going to go in those waters on Facebook anymore. But so I predict that likely in the near future, Brian Joyce will exit from that station. Now, I've already predicted that before, but I, or at least I didn't, maybe I didn't predict it, but I, I assumed eventually it would happen because everybody in radio gets fired eventually. Uh, I have a feeling either he is going to, Mixed terribly, oil and water with uh, Jed Mescon and Jim Reynolds and himself. It's just not going to work. And he's eventually just going to be like, I've had enough of this. And realizing, because his his uh, mental state is so fragile, that, you know, his dreams here are not, they're not coming to fruition anymore. And he has probably long already realized that they're not putting out content that anybody really cares about or that is effective or meaningful uh, at all. Either he'll leave because it's not working or or Jed will make a change if he has any kind of spine or backbone. But that's, you know, probably thinking a little, you know, putting a little too much credit towards the potential authoritativeness of Jed Mescon as what is supposed to be a leader. That position is is a leader of men. That's what you the program director, especially of an all talk format is there for many, many things, all the way from, you know, formalities and paperwork and weekly Zoom meetings from Cumulus Corporate all the way to managing talent. And uh, Kevin West didn't know how to do that. He knew how to do all that other, uh, you know, uh, mindless stuff. But he didn't know how to manage talent. And Jed Masson's not know how to do it either. So we'll see. But all that to be said, as I'll wrap this thing up here pretty soon is that I have decided, and I had decided this probably about two months ago, that I have officially retired from the radio industry. And I know the response is probably like, uh, dude, you're not in the radio industry. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, it's kind of like the, the broken down old pitcher or the old baseball player or football player who hasn't been able to latch on the last couple of years but keeps trying and then eventually comes out and says, uh, well, today I announced my retirement. It's like, uh, dude, 
you haven't been in the league in a couple of years. We figured you already did retire. But in reality, that player had not retired, was very much still trying to keep the dream alive. And as early as June and July of this year, I have had sit-downs with people at Brewer Broadcasting, who I am uh, friends with and respect very, very much, and with people at Bayhackle, the last company I worked for, and I worked for Brewer years ago. Also, people I respect and like very, very much. And I'm not just saying that. I just, I wouldn't say it if I didn't, if, if it wasn't true. I just would skip the part about liking them uh, if I didn't mean it. And I sat down with them both with the ideas of figuring out ways to get back into the, to the industry. Even if it was from an almost entry-level kind of position. At Brewer, it was more for ESPN Radio and trying to put together a talk show there, a sports show. I don't like sports radio. Sports radio sucks. I mean, most of it does. I mean, I would take it if I made it work. But after kicking those ideas, and it was a very real idea, you know, we, 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 we got pretty far with it. And the only reason it didn't continue, that exploratory concept, is because I got a hold of them and said, you know what, thanks but no thanks. I don't, I don't want to uh, pursue this anymore. And then the Bayhackle thing, um, I didn't get back and say, I don't know, thanks, but no thanks. But this was a don't call us, we'll call you kind of thing. And they never called. And that company is so bare bones. They don't even have a front desk anymore. I mean, when I get there, I have to like text people in the building like, hey, can you let me in the back? You know, the employee door? Because I can't get in the front. You don't even have a front desk anymore. It is barely hanging on with duct tape over there. And so if they were to give me a ring and say, hey, we got some, you know, you know, menial stuff over here for you, I guess I'd consider it. But I am not pursuing it, and um, that's it. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into that game anymore. I'm able to do a lot of good things with digital media these days. Still, you know, the supposed for-profit venture, it's not... It's still supposed. That's mainly my fault. Not mainly, completely my fault. Maybe in, in, in the future that'll change. But another thing that has been taking up my time, and as I have gotten into now, I'm about at six months of sobriety here, I, I need things to stay busy. And that's why I don't mind spending three hours making three minutes of audio. Because if I wasn't doing that, then I would potentially be tempted to drink. And so I've gotten back together with my buds that I used to play music with, and I haven't been very loud about it. I have not been talking about it much, but it is a thing. And we have a couple of shows in just under a month at the Dark Roast on September 22nd. Then a week later at JJ's. I love JJ's. I love John Shoemaker. I love JJ's. I don't really miss playing little crappy shows like that, but um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's uh, because it's it's something, again, to keep me busy. And it is a, you know, it's a hobby. Not going to make any money doing that either. And so we, we practice every week, every Sunday for the last three months now. And we sound pretty good. And um, I, it's been, it was 2010, last time I played music on a stage in front of anybody. So when we play these shows in a month, That'll be the first time in 
13 years. And it's been a challenge. It's it's not like riding a bike. Um, timing and and uh, being able to you know keep up is been very difficult for me. But it's been a fun challenge because the reason I, wa- I walked away from it when I was actually pretty good at it was because I put all my intention and focus into the, my radio work, and that's that's what mattered to me most. And um, now I've decided to go opposite of that. Now I'm gonna keep my focus on digital content creation. And, um, you know, as long as the guys I'm playing with, which, you know, we're all old men now. I mean, we're all in our 40s. So it's not like this thing's, you know, rock and roll dreams kind of thing. As long as we keep it within reason, you know, it's fun. You know, every Sunday when we practice for three hours, I mean, I'm exhausted afterwards. You know, what used to be pretty easy to me is not nearly as much. And I play a much different role in this uh, iteration of the band than I did before. I had I was much more the front man. Uh, I guess you could call it. Uh, that's not me at all now. I'm just kind of a bit player, role player now. Play guitar, sing a little. And um, still, you know, I haven't written any new songs, but I used to write songs, and it used to be a big part of my life. And it's kind of back for now. Anyway, we'll see. And I'm done. I'm done with radio. I quit. I'm out. And I think this show is over as well. I posted this on Facebook, and it actually got a lot of uh, play, which I won't go into it because there's no reason to now. But National Radio Day was whatever day it was, August 20th. Should be called National Poor Sad Sack Decision of a Career Choice that was once fun, but now is a complete wasteland of programming designed by soulless corporate shills aimed at listeners that have zero comprehension of what quality entertainment is day. Happy that day. A couple of the responses. I don't think it'll fit on a Hallmark card. Uh, doesn't roll off the tongue. Uh, and uh, of course, the sales manager for Scumulus, excuse me, Cumulus Radio says, not everyone in radio feels that way, Brian. Quite a few of us on Pineville Road are having the time of our lives. And I did that, uh, that very overused uh, gif, whatever it's called. You sure about that? And it was like, yes, I am sure about that, Brian. While not everyone can be happy all the time, I am willing to bet that 75% of the staff at Pineville Road are very in a very good place. And it just goes on and on from there. So, yeah, running late today. I think everything should sound okay. I'll find out soon enough. Maybe I'll see you this weekend at either the Pavilion or Riverfront Nights for Southern Culture on the Skid. See you later. Bye. Come on, baby, take a ride with me Up the Mississippi, down to New Orleans A tuck and roll of FM, a stereo Got some Tony Joe White on my radio I didn't get no Chopping on wood, I gotta eat, slapping, pissing, right here on the